challenge there as we think about the time we live in. And sometimes we want to look for other means which to be more effective, but all we need is Christ. We don't need to look past Him. We just need the power that is available through Him. And um, just a great challenge there. Thank you for that great song. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4 this evening. And um, I think I'm just going to cover one verse tonight. And that doesn't mean anything, all right? 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, look at, uh, let's just read verses 1 to, uh, to 5. And I think we're just going to cover verse 1 tonight. But uh, let's read a couple of verses here as we continue on our series on authentic church. We just learned about the different, uh, the two offices in the, um, in the church, the, the bishop or the pastor, the deacons, and then our occupation as a church. Why? What is it that we're called to be and, and, do, and do? And we learned a couple of those uh, things through the, the names given the church there, the house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And he's really going to follow that thought on uh, right through here to chapter 4 with the, the thought of how we ought to be, all right? And, and notice here with me now the Spirit, in verse 1, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a, a hot iron, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless our time. Father God, we just want to come before you again. just want to thank you, dear Lord, for the, the joy it is to know you, the joy it is to be able to have your word to guide us. Lord, your word that's a lamp to our feet, a light unto our path. And thank you, dear God, that as we, Lord, look into this, uh, this portion of Scripture, Lord, you warn us and you give us a clear picture, Lord, of the, the latter times. And, and I believe, Lord God, as we consider the, uh, the moment of time that we're in, we recognize, we will recognize some of these things and realize that we are indeed in those latter times. And and so I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to then be mindful of who we ought to be and how we ought to be as a church, and Lord, as individual Christians. And so I pray that you'd help us as we uh, dive into your word tonight, help us to understand what you would have us to know in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And so we get into some latter time warnings, and he gives us this. He says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. And uh, I think as we consider... Uh, the day we live in, there's no doubt we're living in the latter times. Uh, upon study of these first few verses, we'll recognize some of the similarities to these warnings and the day that we live in. But again, just consider the fact that this was given to the first century, uh, to, the, to the early church, and uh, it was given to them and already being warned about the latter times. And, you know, sometimes we can become complacent in the manner we live. Because we forget that the, the rapture, the tribulation, and the second coming are events that are soon to happen, not a distant reality. And um, Second Peter uh, chapter 3, and, and if you're here on Wednesday night, we will cover Second Peter this week. 
the, the warning there is knowing this first, that there shall, be, shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And, and if you think about what the, the Word of God is saying there, there's scoffers, those are those who are doubters, and there are certainly scoffers in our day. And we ought not to be intimidated by the, the chorus of doubters in our world today. And, and so he, he, he brings this about, he says, the Spirit speaketh expressly. And again, this chapter doesn't uh, start a new topic more than it continues on with the the thought there at the, from the remainder of the previous chapter. It says, These things I write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. And he writes those things and he reminds the church of what they need to be. Why? Because of the, the present condition and the condition to come with which the church needs to minister. Remember, the, we left off last week and we spoke about the fact that he's given us the mystery of godliness and we're speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the, the, the very good news of the gospel of Christ. But before that, he calls us the pillar and ground of the truth. And no more do, do we see in our, uh, than, than we do see today the shifting sand of, of, uh, of just the, what, what the Bible has to say, the things of faith. And we need to be so much more in this day a pillar and ground of the truth. Whilst others might compromise in the, the, very, the very, uh, very distinct doctrines of the Word of God, we as God's people must stand firm, shouldn't we, in the things of the Word of God. And he's saying the Spirit speaketh expressly, and he continues this on with the thought of how we ought to behave ourselves, and not, and, but now based on the surrounding circumstances. And the Spirit of God is pointing out something for us to consider here. He's saying he speaks expressly, which means explicitly, clearly. He's trying to get our attention to look around. It's clear to, uh, in, his, in, in what he's warning. And he was intimating here that this was what they were to see and expect in the latter times. And really, this is a clear indication of what to expect in our day. God is saying, pay attention here. That the Spirit of God is writing explicitly to us about the latter times. And and notice the characteristics then of, of this time. We see firstly, notice here that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. And so the great characteristic of the end times is the departure from the faith. Some, he says, and, and I'm glad that he didn't say all, right church? He said some. And that means this, we still have a choice today. We don't have to go with the trend. We don't have to go with the popular opinion we can still stay true to the Word of God. It says some. say so some will depart from the faith. There are those that will still go. And what we see here really is a contrast uh, to, the, to the revelation of God given us in the Word of God. The, the Bible says that it was uh, the faith once delivered to the saints. Uh, there was just already a discussion there in verse 16 what that meant, the mystery of godliness. But what we see here is a contrast to the revelation of God with false teaching. Which, which is this false teaching would arise as time passes. You know, so much, so much for the idea sometimes even found in Christendom that we're meant to usher the kingdom in. That somehow we're meant to make the world better. Listen, as we read it here about the latter times, there will be a departure from the faith. Which means this, as time passes on, the world will be more and more away from the truth of the Word of God. 
from the truth that was once delivered to us. And so whilst we can stand firm and whilst we ought to have the mentality that we ought to strengthen those things that remain, whilst we ought to have that mentality that we ought to stand firm no matter where everyone else might stand, then listen, it ought not to be a surprise to us though when some would depart from the faith. It ought not to catch us off guard. When, when we look around and, and it seems like there's just a, such a weakness in doctrine and, and even in the fervor and desire for the things of God. Because he's saying some shall depart from the faith. And, and so in, in context, again, it, it, it's, um, it's speaking about our, our behavior in these moments of time. And, and whilst he's, he's highlighting for us here those who will depart from the faith, the, the underlying encouragement is this, you don't do that. You don't do that. Some will, but you don't. And, and so we must stick true to how we ought to be as a church. And so he's saying there, the, the faith, some shall depart from the faith. And th- this phrase here, the faith, refers to the body of truth that is the Word of God. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, the Bible says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. It, it refers to this body of truth which we call the faith. But then the faith could also refer to belief in the gospel. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. In Philippians 1.27, only let your conversation as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And God revealed previously in times past uh, some who believed the truth who would later on repudiate it. And, And all out of all-out confusion and falsehood really will be the characteristic of the end times. But specifically, as we think about what's to come, especially in that period of tribulation, often Christ referred to that. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Look at Matthew 24. And notice verses, uh, verses 10 to 11. Matthew 24. Notice this, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And notice verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Look at Mark chapter 13. Turn with me to the next gospel, Mark chapter 13. And notice verses 20 to 22. Again, speaking here about the tribulation period in verse 20, and except that the Lord had shortened those days, No flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. And remember, when when we're speaking about the the period of tribulation, it's speaking about God's economy of that, which is trying to get the Jews back to repentance to him. Right? So he's speaking about them. And then if any man shall say to you, lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. Notice verse 22, for false Christs. And false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. 
And I want you to understand that there's a word there, seduce, that will we'll match later on as we go back to uh, chapter 4, verse 1. But he's saying there that even in the tribulation time, there'll be great confusion, there'll be great deception, there'll be a great departing from the faith. And sometimes we look at that as a period of time that will suddenly come, and it will. But listen, it doesn't mean that there won't be a gradual moving away even in our time today. And as you look around, uh, if you've ever tried to even look for something as simple as a good study Bible, you understand that, that those, are, those are difficult to find. Something that you can trust, the, even the notes and some of those things, and you understand that there, there's, a, there's just a real moving away from the truths that are so simple in the Word of God. And, and a departure from the faith really is, is fundamentally a rejection of the body of truth that God has given us through His Word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that that is why there are so many today that would be, deny the infallibility of the Word of God. There's such an opposition to having absolute truths because it then muddies the clear teaching of the faith. And you can look around at some of the, uh, some of the denominations that in previous, uh, previous uh, history, they had at least a, a good grasp of the fundamental truths of the Word of God who are now going t- totally against and purposely against the Word of God. There's a really a lack of gospel understanding and, and many times even a lack of evangelism. And notice there again what the Bible says. Go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, but notice this, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And uh, what does that mean? You know, giving heed simply means to pay attention to, to, to give attention to. And so in latter times, the first warning is of paying attention to seducing spirits. These seducing spirits are satanically driven. The the parting of some is really, here in the context, is due to their listening, to persuasive arguments spread forth by God's spiritual enemies, and behind them is none other than Satan himself. Because it's doctrines of devils. And he's warning them that, that they ought not to be persuaded away or argued away from the, the, the body of truth that was given them. He's saying, he's saying here they're seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. And normally we associate, uh, associate seduction with, with sexual immorality, but the word simply means this. It means to draw aside or entice. And if you look at the, uh, around, there, there's a drawing away uh, by, by the masses in our world today, especially in the traditional, uh, traditionally Christian nations. And, and there's, there's those doctrines that are, are seductive. And we won't take the time to define all of that. That's really a, a totally separate study in itself. But, you know, you look at, you look at the, the seduction of, intect- uh, of, of, um, of academia, and here's where that's manifested so, so much in many churches. It's manifested in Calvinism. Calvinism is a seductive doctrine. It's a seductive false doctrine, let me correct that. And the, the Bible does not teach that only the elect will go to heaven. The, the Bible teaches a whosoever will gospel. And there's a, there's a, there's a seduc- uh, seduction to the pride of man that only they, only they have been handpicked by God to go into heaven. Uh, that's a sed- seductive 
um, spirit. There's a seduction of success, worldly success. And many of our brethren, and sadly, many in my generation would set aside clear Bible doctrine and Bible standard to be able to seduce, uh, to, to be able to fall for the seduction of, of, of worldly success. They want to draw a crowd rather than, than draw uh, those that would follow Christ. And, and I'm so glad that many of my spiritual mentors over the years taught me there's, there's uh, nothing, uh, there's some things worse than empty pews in a church. It's not about the crowd all the time. It's not about just the numbers, and so many would just go after that, and, and really the, the true, uh, true litmus test of, of spiritual success is faithfulness like we learned about this morning. But there's a drawing away from those, those things that we, we see that are true in the Word of God to false religion and false hopes, and, and if you look around even from a broader sense, you look at society today, and you know, the, many of in, in, in what we would call developed nations or or nations that really historically have had the gospel, many of them, the growing religions, are, are many of the religions of the East, which are just, just devilish religions. The God of this world had blinded the minds of them. And many will be, will be, will be departing from the truth. You know, you, you see that the growth even here in Australia of atheism. And let's, not, let's, let's uh, make no... Um, no mistake, atheism is a religion in itself. And, and, and that's, that's a growing uh, demographic in our society even today. And, and so what I'm just trying to say is there's a seduction to, to depart away from the body of truth that we see in the Word of God by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, notice with me, look at Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, and this was... Uh, warned of this church in Thyatira in verse 18. Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things hath, uh, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a, a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith, and thy patience and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notice this. Notwithstanding, I have a few against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess. So there's this character here found in the, uh, in the church there who claimed to be a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. You know, the premise of her seduction was that she was a prophetess. And that she was seducing them away from, the, from a pure life and, and uh, other things there. And, and, and again, he, he's, he's trying to help us understand that this seduction, there's a seduction to commit wickedness. Uh, in Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them. And there's this idea that, that you know, if we would just um, compromise on the truths of, that we know, then those things will, will, will come to be, will find pleasure and satisfaction. And we need to understand that there's a, there's a seduction toward that. And there has never been a time in the history of the world where there's a seduction to do evil. Now, even in so-called Christian circles, evil is rampant. And, and really, if we look in the context, particularly sexual sin. 
Why is it more and more church leaders are committing sexual sins? Why? Because we're living in the latter times of seducing spirits. And we need to take great care and great, uh, great, uh, great care amongst ourselves to be able to guard our hearts. In 2 Timothy 3.13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You know, even as we think about our society today, we uh, even have a government that would reward uh, good for evil and evil for good. Look at, look at 2 Kings chapter 21. And there's a pattern there, 2 Kings chapter 21. And notice verse 8, Neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I gave their fathers, only if they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded them and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. And notice the commentary here, But they hearken not, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. You know, who Manasseh really represented here was the government. He was the monarch. He was the one that was seducing away. And, and you know, we, we live in a time, and, and let's not, let's not uh, get this wrong. You know, regardless of the society that we live in, oftentimes government is an enemy to the things of the Word of God. And, and wicked government is a factor in this seduction. And, and I'm saying this is because gone are the days that governments upheld law and sobriety in the land. Sins are now diseases and crime is easily excused away through psychological means. And we're living in the time of same-sex marriage, of corporate pressure and political correctness to, to espouse the, the, the wicked beliefs of a wicked world. And, and in Romans 16, 19, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And we're raising our children in a time in these latter times where there's seductive spirits and doctrines of devils. And we need to take great care to, to still be the pillar and ground of the truth. And that's the only way we're going to be able to combat that. We must take heed to the warning of Scripture. But then notice here the, the second part, it says, and doctrines of devils, the last part. Uh, doctrines of devils. Look at, look at 1 John chapter 2, and we'll, we'll look at this as we, as we close off tonight. Look at 1 John chapter 2. And uh, I think we'll be here and that, that'll be it. 1 John chapter 2. And uh, notice here verse, uh, verse 18. And we'll read down quite a bit. So follow along. Notice this. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is their last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So saying there, there's going to be a departure, some, again. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar that but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall also continue in the Son 
and in the Father. He's reinforcing the deity of Christ. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even unto eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. And notice this, And now little children abide in Him, that when ye He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. And so he's writing to a people, again, that he's encouraging to look to the, the coming of Christ. But he's saying along the way, don't fall for those who would deny the deity of Christ, who has the spirit of Antichrist. And so when we're speaking about doctrines of devils, that's, that's a denial of the deity of Jesus Christ. And really, the, by extension, His finished work. You know, in our world today, we are seeing, uh, in, in, general, in, in general, the Christendom welcoming in what we would previously have called cults. JWs, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons are now being welcomed to the fold to be part of the body of Christ. There's a, there's a general sense there, and, and it's, it's a sad thing. And, and yet they are ones, they are some that would be classified as those who would deny the deity of Christ. Uh, but they claim to be of the faith. Look at chapter 4. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Look at verses 1 to 3. But beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Here's how we know. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. You see, it's already there. And here it's referred to as the spirit of Antichrist. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 to 4, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, has, he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God in and Satan has revealed his end game. Right from the beginning, he wanted to be like the Most High. In fact, he wanted to be above the Most High. And we see here that, that his end game leading into the time of tribulation is to be worshipped as God. And what do we call that? He's an idol. It's idolatry. The doctrines of devils is, is assigning assigning. Assigning godhood or deity to another being. And so understand that, that it's a denial of, of the deity of Jesus Christ, but then it's also a, an attribution of deity to another. And so the Antichrist will seduce the world into thinking that he is God. That's the doctrine of devils. And we note here that it's already taking place. He already said it in, in, in the uh, chapter 1, verse 7, for many deceivers are entered into the world. And what I'm saying and what I'm trying to help us understand tonight is we need to guard ourselves. We need to protect ourselves with the, the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the Spirit. We need to put on the armor of Christ, not just so we can have spiritual victory, but so that we won't be cast away. So that we won't become victimized by the seducing spirits 
and doctrines of devils that is so prevailing in our world today. And so next week, we're going to continue on in verse 2 and cover uh, quite a bit of ground. And so I hope that you'd be there. And um, please, again, please pray this week. You know, we've got a big week. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this uh, leading up to just these thoughts. You know, it's more and more that we must start earlier by, by teaching good doctrine, even, even to little children. They're getting, more and more, they're, they're getting earlier exposed to just false teaching. And we must do all we can. You know, I, I just believe in the importance of, of children's ministry. You know why? Because while the, the, the Lord tarries, we want them to be protected and we want them to, to understand and know where, where the Bible stands. And so you pray for us this week. You pray for those children because these kind of events, it's just a, a part of that. And as I mentioned this morning, we, we ought to do that in the home. And we ought to, we ought to have the, that, that urgency about us. But let's live this week as we think about it, uh, being in the battle. Understanding that, that we must try the spirits. Understanding that there's a seducing away. And we need to guard ourselves. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you again. Lord, for just for the opportunity that we've had to, to study your word this, this evening. Lord, we, we recognize that we need you. We recognize, dear God, that we need your, your enabling more and more. Lord, as we study your word, that you would illumine our minds, that you would teach us as you've, you've promised through the Spirit. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help us, Lord, as a church, Lord, to see these things, to, to recognize the false teachings and recognize this God, uh, recognize in this time, Lord, the, the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and Help us, Lord, even this week as we teach the children about the gospel and how it is that they ought to live a, a surrendered life and how, how it is that they ought to choose Christ. And I pray, dear God, that you bless, Lord, every person that, um, Lord, we'll be able to get in touch with. I pray that we'd be bold in our proclamation of the gospel this week. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. All right, brothers.